What's up, guys? This is Cade, and I'm here with Jack and Jess Singfeld for our ninth episode of This is Cinema, where we will be discussing Oppenheimer. So let's jump right in. So right off the bat, one of the most anticipated films of the year, probably the most anticipated films. Uh, Big shout out. Thank you to Jess for coming on with us. What were your initial thoughts on the movie? Well, man, um, I can't remember the last time I was this excited for a movie to come out. So, I mean, I've really been looking forward to this, I guess, since the first previews. Um, I was kind of a kind of a Killian Murphy fan. I watched Peaky Blinders, and to me, he kind of made that whole show. Like, I thought, thought the show was pretty good, but he was, like, amazing. Uh, so with him combined with Christopher Nolan and the subject matter, I'm a big history buff, and and I thought, man, this has some real potential. So I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I think my, I think my um, anticipation may have been a little too high. Like I'm not sure it could live up to what I was hoping, but it was really close. I agree with you on the anticipation part. There wasn't even that much marketing for the film, but I just, I was so excited for this movie to come out. And it, I can't say that it exceeded my expectations, like you said, because I was so excited, but it was definitely still a very, very good movie to watch. Yeah, I I have to agree. I think the whole Barbie-Oppenheimer dichotomy that was going on definitely helped with the hype. Yeah, it helped both movies. I was not disappointed. Yeah, I was not disappointed. Yeah, that definitely helped out both movies. Absolutely. That they that really kind of steamrolled it. They didn't even have to pay for that marketing. The the uh, the media got a hold of that, and they thought it was cool. So that that boosted them both a lot. Right. So obviously, this movie, um, since I've really been old enough, has had the most hype. And, in any Christopher Nolan film I've ever seen. Um, Obviously, I wasn't old enough to remember the hype around the Dark Knight films and all that, but I was wondering, with all the Nolan films that are out, where do you think this ranks for you amongst those? Man, that is an excellent question. Um, I'd have to put it right up there, man. I really think he kind of went all in on this um, you know, it just goes through several time periods and the number of actors he used that were, I didn't even know half of those guys were going to be like Casey Affleck. I mean, I didn't even know he was in this movie. Um, just the number of people and, and the length of time, you know, a full three hour epic around such a huge historical event. I don't know, man. I, you know, if, if you had to ask me what's the most watchable, The Dark Knight's probably, you know, it's, it's just so, so solid. This is a movie you got to be ready to sit down for a for a three-hour, you know, piece of filmmaking. So, um, but, I mean, it might be his best work. That's that's high praise for a guy like this. That's, that's high praise. What do you think, Aide? It's certainly up there. I actually watched Inception yesterday. And quality-wise, it's right there. They're, all of his, like, best works are all on the same level. I don't know where I would move them and rank them specifically, but it's definitely up there for one of his best works. I would have to agree. 
I think me personally, I would say it's top three. I think it would probably go Interstellar, Dark Knight, and then Oppenheimer. Although, and then Inception. Although, like you said, all four of those can be pretty easily interchanged. I think. Yeah that that was the order I had in mind as well. But obviously, no bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Interstellar is excellent, and that that. That had to be almost as or equally difficult movie to make. Now that I think about it, I mean that's that that movie is impressive. I'd put that right at the top, also. Well, talking about the VFX of this movie, it just blew me away watching it and knowing that no CGI was used. Everything was done practically, and I that just blew my mind, honestly. It's yeah, impressive. That, I don't know how he does it. That's some. That's a. That's a real filmmaker right there. And Absolutely. I could. I could be wrong here, but I think that there weren't even any real visual effects until the actual bomb itself, like real, like big visual well, effects. Other than the parts where Oppenheimer's like looking into right, like atomic mind. space. Yeah. Yeah. In a, yeah. Yeah. I have no clue how he executed those shots, but honestly. All the shots in this film were gorgeous. The framing, the colors, anyways. Yeah, the cinematography was fantastic. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that's pretty consistent in all of his movies. And I saw an interview by Killian Murphy today talking about how Christopher Nolan, other than maybe Quentin Tarantino, is one of the only movie producers that you refer to it as their movie and not like the lead actor's movie, which is also just a testament to how unique he is. Sure. That's a good point. Um, yep. on, to the, on to the next topic, acting. There were a lot, like you kind of mentioned earlier, there were a bunch of A-list uh, actors in this movie. Who do you think really sh- shined in this movie? Man, for me, it was Robert Downey Jr., I mean, he uh, he was just yeah. So when I, going into this, I thought Killian is just going to murder it, and he did. I mean, he carries the whole thing on his shoulders. I mean, he's in all most scenes, uh, but as far as next to him, I mean, I, I really thought their performances were. E- I thought Robert Downey Jr. was equally as good. I, I was really impressed, especially wearing all that makeup and the you know fake hair. But I mean, he sold it. You believed he was Strauss. Yeah, yeah and it was I, cool. It was cool to see RDJ in kind of like an antagonist role, and he killed the antagonist role. Mm-hmm. You could you could really feel the emotion, especially when the whole plot like flips on its head, and you find out that Strauss is the one behind all of the like negative media towards Oppenheimer. His mm-hmm. emotion is just you can feel it in the theater. It was incredible, really. You're right. I mean, he sells you as he's a nice guy, and then you believe he's the devil at the end. Yeah, you believe you both things. Kill yes. Yes. Um, also, like you were saying earlier with the makeup and the hair, um, the aging, I guess it's, I guess you would just call it aging and the de-aging in this movie are great on Killian Murphy especially. Mm-hmm. You see him... I don't know how old he was in, um, when he was in school, but he looks like early 20s, late teens, and then you get him getting the Medal of Honor 
like in the 50s or 60s, I believe. And he totally looks like Killian both times, and it's so practical. I think that's one of the best things about this movie was the aging and de-aging on Killian sure. Murphy. Yeah. And th- you know, there's a noticeable difference between him starting his – you know, there's the young guy, and then there's the kind of starting his professorship before the Manhattan Project. Between that, that Killian and the one that's that's being grilled, you know, at the table. I mean, even at I guess twelve years. I don't know how many years exactly had passed, but they even made him look a little bit older from there to there. You know, just minute details. Yeah, and, and it's. Jump. It's executed so well that you you're not conf- left confused at all about like where they're taking place chronologically, and I just thought that was that really spoke to Christopher Nolan's ability to flow the story without it being confusing at all. And I think the black and white helped that as well. But I just thought that was really special. I'm curious to know because I thought it was fascinating that the future was in black and white and the present was in color and that's typically not well usually I guess the presence in black and is in color and the past is in black and white in most films but they had the future in black and white and I thought that was interesting I've never seen that before so I saw a theory on that and it's I saw something yeah but I think the um the color is through Oppenheimer's perspective and the black and white could be through like Strauss's and his lens on the world and that's kind of hmm. like a metaphor and that's why when you see um, Oppenheimer in the room without Strauss yeah. even though it is the future it's still in color I don't know if that's a correct theory but that's kind of my headcanon what I want to believe about it yeah, yeah I, I, saw, I saw the same thing as well so I don't know how official that is but it's an interesting take for sure yes um, also about the future, I really liked how this movie was told through a lens of like, kind of similar to the social network where you start way out in the future with all the legal repercussions and they let that tell the story of the past. I just think that's such a cool way to tell a story. It really is. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, the, the whole, the whole uh, well, I mean, it's not a court case per se. What, what would you call it? Oh, they had some military term that they used. For Not a it. deposition, almost kind of, but that that whole those scenes were that was pretty fascinating. What they put him through to not be on trial, it certainly felt like it, didn't it? Yes. Um, and it's it's very historically accurate from the research that I've done, just how distrustful the country was due to how many communist ties he had. Um, Apparently, the Truman meeting was also pretty historically accurate, and Truman didn't like him that much. He didn't trust him, he said, which was kind of shocking to me to learn. But how historically accurate this movie is is pretty impressive to me. Yeah, that makes a big difference to me. Go ahead, definitely, He definitely did his research, is all I was going to say. I guess they had a lot of transcripts, you know, from from the deposition and – Anything Truman said was mostly written down, you know, so um, you can get some of that stuff word for word almost. But I was actually a history. My degree is in history in undergrad. So I love I would rather it be more accurate and less 
entertaining than than to mess around with the truth too much you know for sure and that's kind of the um main criticism i haven't heard many criticisms at all about this movie but it was more from the crowd of that it wasn't entertaining and this definitely isn't a film for everyone right it's it's slower it's more about the shots it's more about the actual person of j robert Oppenheimer than it is about the actual events of world war ii which was kind of cool i think the i didn't really expect going into the movie i thought they would show I thought the big moment would be the bomb drop when they drop it over Japan, but they didn't show that. And I actually really like their choice not to show that because it kind of feels overkill at that point, I think. Absolutely. Well, and I, I think the whole point was you feel kind of detached from it because even Oppenheimer himself, he only found out about it through the radio. Like he didn't get to see it happen at all. And so you're kind of there with him reacting to it as he would have felt. So I really, I'd really like that choice as well. It's interesting. You get to see how much information matters. They, they didn't even want him to. He didn't even know when it was going to be dropped. That you know, they wanted no. You can't spoil that surprise. You know, they didn't tell anybody hardly. So, the, just the military and their keeping things, you know, buttoned up was so. It was a big part of that movie in general. Yeah, it was, it's definitely, it definitely makes you feel like you're in the moment and it makes you feel alienated with Oppenheimer the way that, I don't want to say the way he was treated because it's kind of just, it's no hard feelings, that's just how it is, but it is, you do kind of feel like he's being put down and that's, that's another thing is they kind of make you feel sympathy towards a character that might lean towards communism, which you wouldn't expect to do so well in America, but it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had a moment, especially pre-World War II, where a lot of young... Well, of course, they were in Berkeley, so that was like Cal Berkeley. That's that's where all the guys that kind of leaned that direction were. Um, but, you know, it, it, it had a moment there, and it, it messed a lot of people's lives up, even if... Even if they were in college, you know, and they kind of got hooked to communism and got a card or whatever and then forgot about it for 10 years and people bring it back up on you, you know, it was a it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, another thing about the acting of this movie, I actually wrote this. This is one of the few things I wrote down just because I couldn't go without mentioning this. But Killian Murphy, I think, does deserve um an oscar for this movie and the main reason i think for that is how he expresses emotion without actually using any words you just feel all the anxiety and like the ptsd in his face during the creation of it after the creation of it i think that was the best acting in this whole movie yeah for sure the one moment that stood out to me on that note is where he's in the like auditorium right after they drop the bomb and he has to give the big speech and he keeps like flashing in and out and he can't like hear anything but he's just there and he has to deal with the fact that he's not single-handedly but was the main factor of millions of people losing their lives and yet he's being celebrated like a hero and he has to deal with the complexity of that issue and i think it was portrayed perfectly both nolan and 
uh, Killian Murphy. So that was a really fascinating scene and very, very well shot and edited um, with the noise coming in and out and the foot stomping and then silence and um, Killian's face and the, you know the stuff is moving behind him. You know, sort of uh, that was that was really fascinating. Yeah, definitely a lot of thought went into the um, the mental effects that it had on him. I mentioned earlier that the marketing for this movie wasn't a lot, but it feels like the marketing as a whole was just making sure you understood this was going to be a psychological movie, not an action movie, which I think worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. The marketing they did was, was done well, I feel like. You know, they yeah. weren't trying to... Um, yeah, they they were trying to let you know it's not this is not a blockbuster. This is going to be a quality movie. Go see it if you like quality. You know, and I like that. And to the to the point of quality, I I like that you said that because I didn't think of that exact word. I think that's the word I was searching for. I don't think I've seen a movie of this quality in a long time, if ever. They don't come around very often. That's no. for sure. No. Although Killers of the Flower Moon may be may be pretty pretty excellent as well later this year. Yeah, I saw the trailer of that before Oppenheimer, and I was quite intrigued to say the least. So, um, wrapping it all up, what is your overall rating on this movie out of five stars, if you have one yet? Man. I, um, you know, part of me wants to put it at a five, and maybe if I, I would really kind of like to see it again a few months from now. Um, right now, I can't quite get it a five. Is four and a half the only other option? There's no four, seven, is there? <laughs> right? Got, got, got to go four and a half or five. <laughs> then, oh man, that. It, Hard question for me. I'm, I'm having a hard time. I'm right. I'm right in between there. Um, I guess I, I guess I would. I guess I would go four and a half. But I'm really stingy with my fives, so it's very close. Okay. I'm sitting right there at a four and a half as well, and I, I think I've only, I don't give out fives, so. Yeah, Cade. Cade has this little thing he does where he just doesn't give out a five star. So that's that's pretty <laughs> you high. Can't, you can't reach perfection. Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to give it I can't give a movie 5 on first watches usually. I agree. I really want to watch this movie because of how much um information there is to unpack. Like mm-hmm. it's it's easy to get lost watching it a first time in a 3-hour sit down in a movie theater. So, I'll agree with y'all. Four and a half across the board, but it could go up to a 5 after a rewatch. Regardless, I think this is one of, if not the movie of the year, should win a bunch of Oscars. That's my take. I agree 100%. Yep. Right there with you. All right. Any final thoughts? Anything to leave the listeners with? <laughs> Go see it. Go see it. <laughs> if you haven't already. It's a, like I said, I mean, you might get one of these movies every five years, maybe two, but. They're, they're just few and far between with this quality of cast and director and acting and editing and cinematography. I mean, it, it has it all. It really does. Yes. 
That's that. It sure does. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Jess, thank you for being on with us. We really, really appreciated you coming yeah. on. Thank you like, so much. Yes. That's my pleasure. It was fun, guys. I love talking about movies. Yep. We'd definitely Absolutely. love to have you on in the future at some point. Uh, me and Cade will be back next week discussing Barbie. And uh, until then, we will see you guys later. See you guys. Bye.